Illusionary. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Illusionary Podcast. My next guest is a family entertainer influenced by the likes of Mr. Dressup, and he hails from the hardest to spell province. Please welcome Saskatchewan's own Danny Kazam. Danny, thanks for coming. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Very welcome. My uh, bucket list. <laughs> awesome. That's great to hear. So let's just jump into things and get started. Um, how, long, how long have you been performing magic for? When did you first get into it? I have been doing this now full time for eight years. I uh, started about nine years ago. And um, I, uh, well, you know, ever, ever, ever since I was a kid, I, I dreamed of, uh, well, I always enjoyed entertaining people. So, um, you know, ever since I was a kid, I enjoyed it and, you know, the attention I would get. And long before I ever did any acting or any stage work, I knew it was something that I, that I wanted to do. And, um, but things didn't kind of, you know, happen for me until I was 40. I was a little bit more settled down then. I was married. And uh, at the time, I had my own painting company. So that was doing really good out in Calgary. It was during the uh, the big uh, housing boom out there, so I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty hectic, busy time, and uh, did pretty good. But um, yeah, so um, but yeah, when I reached forty, I suppose I, uh, I you know you can call it midlife crisis, like to call <laughs> it a, an awakening, and that's when I realized that you know I mean the the whole painting thing is as successful as it was financially, and that it wasn't really um fulfilling me and yeah. uh looking back in my you know life and that it was like you know this is the entertaining was something that i always wanted to do and and even though i took acting classes when i was in my 20s in toronto and and did stage work and, and theater for communities and and whatnot um it was just something you know that other things end up happening in my life that took away from that but and i think part of it too was always thinking well i got all the time in the world so, <laughs> a very get, common mistake <laughs> yeah, you get to 40 years old and you start realizing ain't got all the time in the world so and i kind of thought well man i gotta do this if i'm gonna do this i gotta do it now and um you know just prior to that like i mean because like magic for me that didn't come until i was about 34 35 years old and that kind of happened by accident and well more out of curiosity because I've always loved watching magic and watched it on television. And uh, I know you had another fellow on there, the amazing Todski. We're both yeah. both from Montreal. So yes, and, he is. Uh, both grew up watching uh, magic, Tom Auburn, but anybody who's, you know, was born or lived in Montreal during the sixties and seventies and early eighties, pretty much know who Tom Auburn is. And yeah. he was all over. Television. He was a big name back then. Big name, yeah. On TV, anyway. Like he, he, he had a show. Uh, I think it was Cross Canada, wasn't it? He might have, yeah. I don't know, but um, you know, yeah. He was on the French channels, English channels. Uh, he was everywhere. He also did a lot of uh, visits to the children's hospital, where I got to uh, meet him actually for the first time. So, um, but magic for me that happened one day when I was sitting at home, and. Uh, I was watching, uh, I was looking through the channels and there was this thing and it was this magic special that was coming on television. And I thought, oh, okay, we got to watch that because I always love watching magic on television. And I uh, never heard of this guy's name before. Didn't know who he was. 
and thought, okay, well, we'll start watching it. And a fellow by the name of David Blaine, I don't know if you ever heard of him. Uh, rings a bell, I think, yeah. <laughs> so I, I started watching this guy, and I was, like, just totally blown away. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, you know, again, you know, from a perspective of a layperson, because that's what I was for 34 mm -hmm. years, 35 years. And I'm watching this, and I'd never seen anything like it before, you know, watching guys perform on stage and, you know, doing their stuff on stage. And this was totally different. So, And then at the end of the show, he levitates, like, right on the street, you know, it's, if he did something like that on a, on a stage show or whatever kind of thing, I might've been like, okay, you know, maybe there's this, or maybe use some kind of apparatus that the audience can't see. But for me, I was just like, okay, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> maybe some of these people on the show that are talking about him having supernatural powers, maybe there's something to that. You know, maybe he does have some supernatural powers. Who knows? Right. You know, I don't think I'm naive or gullible, but I consider myself an open-minded person. Like, yeah. Uh, you're from Kelowna. You live in Kelowna, right? That is correct. Yeah. And um, so uh, have you ever seen the Ogopogo? Indeed I have as a child. Yeah. Oh, I have. Okay. Right on. Cool. So there we go. I, I don't care who believes me. I saw him. <laughs> I, I lived out in Kelowna for a little while, never seen the Ogopogo, but I met an older couple and um, they kind of, you know, at first they kind of mentioned that they, they, you know, kind of might've thought of the, seen the Ogopogo and I kept pressing them to kind of tell me the story and, and eventually they did and and they're incredible people so they really strongly believed that they seen what was something that was the Ogopogo and um, who am I to think that you know that they didn't so uh, my point being is that you know I'm open-minded to certain things like that and I'm always intrigued to find out you know well, new sighting on Bigfoot oh gotta check it out right see maybe that'll convince me there is you know there's enough evidence in there to convince me that there's Bigfoot but yeah but that led me into getting on my computer and start punching in the name David Blaine. You know, is he real? Is, is this, you know, you know, levitating? Can people, you know. So then I started finding some of these public uh, magic forms. And uh, so then, and because it was, they were talking about David Blaine. And just grudgingly, they would uh, just hate on him and expose the stuff that he was doing because yeah. they just didn't like his style of magic. You know, he thought, wow, he's using camera editing and he's uh, using stooges and, and stuff. And, and so I'm reading a lot of this and they're like, yeah, well, you know, how can anybody get fooled by a coin bite or, or, you know, the Baldushi levitation? And I'm just like, huh? But I did. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, like, he's not trying to fool magicians. He's trying to fool the layman. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he had me fooled. So, and then that's, you know, <laughs> thanks to these people who grudgingly hated on David Blaine. I, you know, not only did I learn how he was doing some of his stuff, but then I kind of in the same process had found some online magic stores and started buying magic and boy, did I start buying magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People think cracks addictive. Wait till you try magic. <laughs> yeah, No doubt. So, and that's how that kind of started for me. And, and then I just kind of was more, you know, still wasn't really interested. I never really had an interest to be a magician and, uh, but, you know, playing around with the magic and stuff. And, and uh, uh, I was, um, I started using it as a, as a, a way to um, approach people to open up a conversation that would lead into talking about God and, and the gospel and stuff. And which then led me, uh, I was an, an, a non-ordained youth pastor. So that got me into now doing gospel magic. I thought, well, hey, you know what, you know, we'll, we'll try this. I kind of seen what other people were doing in the line of, 
gospel magic and mm-hmm. and so that was something that I uh, started doing for a while and but I wasn't so much enjoying it because it wasn't I took it too serious and it was more about the message and I realized I was preaching to the choir and uh, yeah. a lot of these kids already heard these stories and stuff but you know and then I just decided yeah this isn't something that I want to continue doing but you know and then of course that was right around the time when you know I reached the age of 40 and uh, that's when I decided that I was going to be a an entertainer and and of course being a children's entertainer was a was a shoe in because I've always been inspired by uh, Mr. Dressup and Sherry Lewis with the whole puppets and whole imagination <sighs> thing and uh, I used to watch them both religiously Oh, right. Along with Mr. Rogers, <laughs> I you know I I just finished watching his documentary and oh. amazing fella man right I mean, hats off to that guy but I never did watch his show when I was a kid really no I I mean I watched it a few times but um I don't, I don't know what it, yeah I don't know I just didn't kind of enjoy it back then it wasn't my thing I suppose but um, yeah I was big onto the you know. Ernie Coombs guy and, and Sherry Lewis, the puppets, and of course the yeah. tickle trunk, and uh, you know, still waiting for one, one day. Hopefully, my wife will come home with a trunk that I can turn into my tickle trunk. <laughs> right now, I just have this big, huge drawer, and I have like different costume stuff that I have in there, and because uh, yeah, I like to uh, I like to dress up. But it's fun. There's no there's no women stuff in there yet. So. <laughs> There, there's lots of cool, cool outfits that you can dress up in. Yeah, yeah, you have the masks and everything else, and playing different characters, and, and of course, though the, the whole idea of just being, you know, that's why I think we've been always so attracted to being a, an entertainer is just, you know, exploring who I am as well too through just my imagination and keeping my inner child alive and. <laughs> And it's just, you know, and then of course, you know, people when they, you know, they enjoy what, what I'm doing and, and, uh, you know, it just makes it so much even better. And it's that adrenaline rush, you know, it's like, oh. I remember in kid, I used as a kid in school, I used to sometimes get in trouble because I would do something in class and the kids would start laughing and, and then that would just kind of egg me on to go a little further and a little further until I'm crossing the line and teach, okay, that's enough. Stop, stop it, you know, uh, Getting some deja vu here, man. <laughs> <laughs> right down to the principal's office. Oh, yeah. Man. But so it's in your soul, man. You when, once entertainment and, and stuff is in your soul, I don't think you can get it out. Like I, I've always loved to make people laugh and smile, and that's my favorite part of magic is being able to give people that smile in the day or that sense of bewilderment and, and wonder that they had as a child, even for a split second, blow their mind before they figure it out. I don't care as long as they gave them that moment. Yeah. And yeah, I've always had a a love and a passion for working with children as well too. So, um, you know, and just, you know, being with the kids and, and, you know, my memories of, you know, when I was a kid and seeing different entertainers and, and, and I kind of hope to kind of leave that kind of an impact and impression on their lives. You know, I, I don't think yeah. I have any really, there might've been a time in my life I wanted to be famous, you know, and, and be a big time celebrity and that, but it's not so important to me as much maybe as it was one time. I just kind of, 
you know, enjoying the ride, being happy, enjoying what I love to do, and and maybe you know inspire you know young kids to to reach their dreams and be all that they can be and and use their imaginations and and you know no matter what circumstance or how different they are that they can be whatever they want and and then to use the phrase of uh, Mr. Rogers now I guess but you know but I like them just the way they are <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If only more people could could understand that that simple simple message, and I think the world would be be a much better place all the way around. So, <laughs> do you do you remember the the first time you had a performance, like your your first official performance uh, once you got started? My first first official the first time I ever performed for like with the, the children's magic as an adult or yeah. as a little kid. Okay. No, like in, in the new role. Yeah. It was, uh, I was, it was a gospel magic show and, and um, it was for a church, different church. So the fellow had gotten word from somebody else that I was doing gospel magic and we went and had coffee and discussed some stuff. And, and uh, I want to make sure that, um, that we were sort of online with our uh, our theology and our religious beliefs and stuff like that. And, and um, so he didn't think there was going to be uh, a big enough crowd. I kind of let him know that uh, um, this was going to be my, my first show. And um, because they it, actually smaller shows, I did do kind of some other smaller shows, but they were not really, I wouldn't really consider them shows because not only did I not get paid, but it was, it was kind of like, if, if, even if I was bad, it was amongst friends. So it was, yeah. <laughs> this was my first real official kind of show. So, and there was like uh, almost 300 people there and it was a, a huge church. And I remember because my whole theme, cause this is the first time we put a real theme together too as well. And it was called stay in the light and I was in the back so that when the music was from um, uh, Apologetic and they did stay, uh, um, it was a parody of um, it's the, uh, the the BG song there, uh, uh, Staying Alive. So okay. it was a parody, which was called State of the Light. And I came out kind of doing the D-lights and I'm looking out and I'm thinking, this place is jam-packed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was going to have an anxiety attack, which is really strange because, of course, now you know, it's smaller crowds that actually kind of freak me out. So, But that, that, that was it. I remember getting up there and I was like, you know, doing my thing, getting up. And I thought, man, why did I choose to want to start from the way, way back here to get to the stage? Because this is the longest walk I've ever had to take. And <laughs> I get up there and so it was just kind of, but then as soon as I looked at the audience and started the show and, um, you know, it, it was like, it was on time, like whatever uh, fear or anything like that, it was, it was, it was gone and it was this show time, but um, it's not the kind of shows that I do now, but um that was that was the first thing. It was pretty scary because I was, you know, thinking, oh, my gosh, like, if I screw up, there's 300 people here to see me screw up. It was, like, <laughs> really kind of, There's only maybe 12 or maybe 15 people. <laughs> the less, the better. That way that, they, you know, I screw up. The chance of maybe 9% of them actually saying anything is, you know, not as, a, as big as a 300-member crowd. But, yeah. Um, 
but it went all right. I mean, it was. At least it wasn't a new routine that you were first trying out, too, <laughs> or was it? Um, there, no, there was. There was. What I did is I kind of I took out some gospel routines and just kind of had some fun stuff in there. But I I was totally different back then. I looked like a a, a youth pastor, and um, I conducted myself kind of more straight laced. So. And I know even when I did more gospel shows after that, I was kind of that, you know, had a little fun, but I was kind of more of that, uh, the serious kind of guy that you can have fun with. So, and that's when, uh, it just, there was a kind of a battle inside of me. It's like, a, you know, Hey, this, this kind of could be fun, but it's not really fun for me. And, and I just feel like I'm not really accomplishing anything because, you know, Am I doing this as an excuse so I can have an excuse to do magic? Or, you, know, <laughs> you never need an excuse to do magic. No, you know, and I still <laughs> just run up to people. <laughs> <laughs> I still perform for churches, and I don't do the gospel magic thing. So my shows are pretty, pretty clean and pretty wholesome. I always got little good positive messages in there too, as well. So. That's awesome. I always try and just have a positive message overall in in life. Just. Well, once I figured that out when I was younger, it made my life so much easier. It's just, it really is a, a state of mind that, that you have to have, I think. Yeah. To be is. awesome. And when you have that positive attitude and you give it to other people, it's the same thing as when you're performing, you know, it's a give and take. So you know, I go out there and I get the kids, you know, energized and, and excited about the show. And then they're able to give that energy and excitement back to me so that I can use that to give back to them. And the whole nice. show is just based on give and take and give and take. Right. So smart. Now I get nervous when there's a smaller crowd. Because when there's a smaller crowd, it means I got to work harder because I got to get that energy for me to feed off that energy. I got to get those 15 or 20 kids to be highly energized so that I can give back that high energy back to them. And so it's have you thought about giving out pixie sticks before the show in those cases? Pixie sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a thing full of sugar down this quick before the show starts. <laughs> you want energy? There you go. You just get really riled. <laughs> I'll have to try that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, as, as a child who uh, loved sugar, I, I now understand <laughs> my mother's pain. I, I'm so sorry, mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh God. Cause you see, uh, you see a kid now on sugar and off sugar. I'm like, Oh wow. Like back then I'm like, there's no difference. There's no difference. I'm just, I'm who I always am. No, no. No, yeah. I can't, mom. I can't. I can't. Oh no, no I can't. <laughs> Literally running up the walls. It's yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it might help help with that energy stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, you said you kind of kind of got into things thanks to to David Blaine. Um, are, are there any tricks or illusions that really stood out to you uh, of his, or was it just anything or is there anything in particular from anybody that really kind of stands out is there any tricks or illusions that you really like well his his levitation definitely that that was uh, yeah that that really screwed with my head uh, <laughs> the the coin bite i mean i'd never seen that kind of be done before um he does it well he does yeah and he did the uh, the thing with the um i think it was a an ambitious card routine that he did which i thought was really amazing as well too so that's one of my things i do with cards now too is the ambitious and i kind of got my own little style routine to that but um 
the I, I remember that actually one of the first things I ever performed was that levitation and I practiced it for really? a while because I realized that the angles were kind of you know iffy on that so and then when I was a little bit confident with it I, I decided well I'm going to show it to my younger brother and um, he was an adult of course at the time but and I uh, you know did the levitation for him and he freaked right out <laughs> he's like oh my god that, that that Christianity stuff is really like wow you got those powers and <laughs> it's like yeah I'm, no I'm, I'm, it's not that <laughs> not quite it's a different kind of holy power <laughs> But a funny story there too is is he had me do it for his friend and his friend was, was this other guy, and so um, I when I did it for the other two guys and uh, I had kind of my brother Sean he was kind of standing next to him so I had them all close together kind of thing and again kind of you know saying you know going through the whole David Blaine kind of thing I don't know if it's going to work or not focus my attention and and so then I did it and. Um, at that time, the angle kind of revealed it was it was revealed to to my brother Sean. He didn't say anything at the time, but his his friend and then his friend's friend both seen it, and um, one of them was just kind of like, huh? And he was just kind of like you could just see he was in a deep thought, like, what did I just see? The other guy was freaking out. He's like, oh my god, yeah, I know people. I've heard of people. I've I've heard people on the internet that can levitate in 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 India and stuff, right? This stuff is real, and he's trying to tell. Uh, Sean's friends like, yeah, man, you got to believe it. This is real. And he looks at me. He says, if I touch you right now, will I get a shock? <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. So he reaches out and he touches me. And of course, the static electricity from the carpet and everything else, just ironically enough, he touches me, gets a shock. That was it. I could have started the cult right there on the spot. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> Anytime you have an opportunity to start a cult, you should take that. <laughs> it's going to cost a thousand dollars though. You know? yeah. And these people will do whatever it takes. <laughs> it one of those moments. It was like, you know, man, like this guy's going to think like I do actually have supernatural powers. I just thought, well, let's just have fun for it with it, with it for a while. And, and then, uh, you know, I never did see the that guy again, but, um, Sean's friend Curtis at the time I seen him a, a few times after that and he was like so how did you do that and I said magic he says what kind of magic <laughs> black magic magic man <laughs> like he's like because you you couldn't have possibly really levitated off the ground could you like well you maybe imagination <laughs> that's right <laughs> so do you have a, a favorite trick that you like to perform now or is that still still a favorite to, to do to people um i don't do the levitation as much anymore now um but i i do the ambitious card routine i don't think it ever gets old and um i, I just like that one it kind of leads into other things in that but uh, I don't do a whole lot of close-up stuff. I did the thing. I think it was. I'm not. I can't remember if it was on the same episode or the same special. If it was on a different special where David Blaine took the the fly and kind of made the fly come back to life. And um, I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that one, okay? But oh, I want to see that one now. Okay, I gotta go look for that after. <laughs> so I, I I learned the secret to that, and I thought, okay, this is you know again. You know, the levitation and then the fly thing. I mean, I could really actually start a cult with this stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like, of course, you know, plant the, the, the fly somewhere and, 
and then just kind of like, hey, let's try something. Let's try something different. And I've got this fly and put it in my hand and I'm like, okay, watch and kind of thing and make this fly. And it's just like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, most of my stuff I do on stage is um, there's a lot of gags, you know, and I'm not so much uh the kids are fooled you know i know they're they're fooled by by the tricks and that and of course that's important and um it's i'm not really trying to fool the parents and uh the the entertainment part of it you know the, the parents are there they're they're watching their kids have a great time they're enjoying themselves they're seeing their kids enjoying themselves and then they kind of can regress and bring out the child in them and i always laughter is infectious yeah <laughs> It's it's a journey of just fun entertainment, and and the parents don't have to worry about you know using you know certain innuendo kind of jokes that only supposedly adults get like we're to think that kids don't know <laughs> day and age and yeah they have Google too you know <laughs> <laughs> and they hear things on the schoolyard you know so yeah. Well, I, I, I wish I had Google to look up some of the stuff I heard on the schoolyard when I was a kid, because it took a few extra days in some cases. Dictionary. It's like, hey, <laughs> let's see if we can find the swear words in the dictionary. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the good old days, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, kids are ruined these days. They've got Google. <laughs> Sometimes, actually, you'd look for a certain word in the dictionary, and it was supposed to be there, but it's like, Something, somebody or something has mischievous or you know ripped the page out of the out of the book so you couldn't actually find the word. Mm -hmm. That's always fun. That that makes a good magic trick too. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Angel. I just saw. Uh, I've been watching, rewatching Mind Freak, and he does uh, a bit where he's. I think it's at a soccer game or something. No, no, it wasn't Chris Angel. It was. Um, um, Ryan tricks in the UK. Okay. And he went to, he was at a soccer match and somebody had the, the catalog or whatever they, I'm not a sports guy. I'm a geek. <laughs> had their little catalog and got him to pick a page out of it and remember one of the words on the page and the page number. So he closed it up, put it in his pocket, remembered the word, Ryan guessed the word. And then he's like, yeah, that's it. And he's like, okay, now open it up to that page. Goes to open up. That page is gone out of the book. Yet he came up with the book, and it never left his hands. Huh. Nice, yeah. Very well done. Very well done. <laughs> I love watching stuff like that. Oh yeah, I still love watching magic. You know, I think um, the, just the fact that you know that I spent thirty four, thirty five years as a layperson. That even though I've been doing this now for nine years, I still know what it's like to be able to watch magic from a layperson's perspective and. Um, you know, I know some people like in the magic community, I mean, they started learning magic when they, you know, first got out of their diapers and then doing their own shows when they stopped suck sucking their thumbs. So they've never really experienced what it's like to be a lay person or really kind of understand what it's like for a lay person. But I mean, yeah. I, I, do you know what life as a muggle is like? <laughs> Well, now you got all these shows and you got these magicians and they're like, oh man, I can't believe that that fooled him or this and that. And it's like, you know, I, I get it. You know, we love magic and we want to stay loving magic and we, we still get so you know, involved in watching magic. But 
we're, we're, you know, if you're going to watch magic to enjoy magic, you have to not watch it like a magician. You just have to watch it like a lay person and just enjoy it. You know? Absolutely. It's entertainment. Yeah, exactly. You know, Let it entertain you. Yeah, exactly. That's the point right there. I mean, for kids, you know, like some of them, they might know how I did, but because my trick, my show isn't just about the trick, but there's so much other things to it that, um, you know, they think they know how something is going to happen, but then by the time I'm doing it, it's they're just so enthralled in, in the whole routine and, and what's going on. They're just carried away with it. Yeah. Take up on that journey, you know, like the coloring book, for for instance, I know others kind of just do the basic coloring book routine. They open it up. Well, look, you know, we need some colors, book up some colors off your shirts. Well, I do a, a different color coloring book routine kind of based on Dan, Danny Orleans version with the jumbo coloring book and the big multiplying wands. And I've been doing it for so many years now that a lot of things that have been added into it. And uh, so I'll, I'll pull out this coloring book and I'll have my two volunteers up and I'll kind of open it up to show that, you know, the colors haven't been colored in. You get a couple of kids that'll be going, oh, I know this one. Oh, no, I know. That. And I look at them and say, no, you don't. <laughs> right? And sure enough, you know, they're just like taken away with the whole routine because it's more than just, you know, the colors all of a sudden appearing in the coloring book. And mm -hmm. But that that's, you know, that's what I enjoy doing. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now is, is just stuff that I've kind of created on my own because, um, and, and it's, it's fun. I mean, the, there's so much about the, the, the whole children's entertainment and, and stuff, the creating and, 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 you know, putting the shows together. And of course, there's the business side of it as well, too, which is just as fun. You know? Oh, I hate the business side of stuff. <laughs> the spreadsheets, the numbers, the accounting. Well, you know, that, you know, when I had to decide if it was going to be, you know, continuing on with my painting company, um, because when I first started off, I started off uh, pretty much uh, part-time, you know, and I was pretty gun-ho, though. So I was, and I'd, I'd met a few people here in Saskatchewan that, uh, magicians, and uh, they were really warm, welcoming to me, and, and um, you know, a few of them even helping me out and they got me a few gigs in that so the ball got rolling and then it just it just started getting quite a bit of shows and and I because of my business experience and having uh, taken business courses in, in my past and stuff and and then I realized that okay if I'm gonna do this as a career well it's got to be treated like a business so I'm handling the business side of it and now what it was only even supposed to be just a part-time thing was full-time and it started yeah. to interfere you know, it was clashing with my business of my painting business. And it was just, I mean, that was taking up sometimes 15 hours of my day. And uh, it was like, well, you know what? I talked with my wife and she says, you know what? Go for it. You know, let's do it. We're in a good place. You can do it. And if you believe in this and this is what you want to do, then I support you and uh, just, you know, don't give up. And I'm like, That's amazing. Run. <laughs> you know? yeah. There's a few times where, um, I thought about kind of giving up and, and she was there to kind of be my big support and say, no, you know, you're not, you're not giving up. We're going to make this work and we're going to continue to make this work. And, you know, there was a tough time there where I was the only guy that was kind of working in the household. So, um, you know, and uh, that was, 
Uh, I think that happened in the first two years of, of starting up. And but what that did was really put me into a whole different level of like taking this to a different level of business mm-hmm. where um, contacting more people and reaching out and working more on my brand and uh, scaling. Exactly. <laughs> exposure, exposure, exposure. <clears throat> um, and, and it's worked out really good. Well, so, you know, now if, um, you know, she, we don't have to worry if she ends up losing a job or something like that, because uh, in a position where uh, that I'm able to provide the income to support the family, but at the same time, nothing is ever guaranteed. Life doesn't care what we have planned. <laughs> it's not like you're working for somebody. Even then, if you're working for somebody, it's never really guaranteed, but at least you can yeah. sort of make plans and long-term plans. But that's, that's the only thing that's kind of still always tough. You know, you can, you know, I get a lot of bookings for the summer and stuff, but anything could happen. Yeah. So because you've got that business background, is there a piece of advice that you could give magicians that are just getting started that you wish somebody would have told you when you were getting started? Oh, um, business wise. Well, or, or just about the magic business in general. Um, keeping a journal and keeping, keeping a list right on from the beginning of all your people that you do shows for keeping a, a contact list of them right off the bat and, you know, getting them, if you have a Facebook page or whatever it is, but getting them to leave a, a review, even if they don't want to do it publicly, if they even send you a review and, and asking them to sort of even, you know, you can set up a bunch of questions for them so that you're going to get, you know, an honest answer. Because if you ask somebody, Hey, did you like my show? They're going to say, yeah, we loved your show. You were great. And yeah. you walk away and they tell everybody else, well, gee, you know, we spent too much money on that guy or, so, you know, you want to get some really honest feedback because when you get that honest feedback, you can really build on that because we're, we're in the business of serving people and we have to know what it is that they're expecting. When it comes to magic, they don't, you know, a lot of them don't know what, what to expect and the children's entertainment and any kind of entertainment, um, it's, it's, it's good to know where you're at with the people so you know where you can work on where where you need to grow and um so that that would be my biggest advice is keep all these contact names always follow up with them tell them you know what thank you very much for allowing me to be part of your event i really appreciate it this is you know make them feel like they're special because you know they are they're they should be like you know from the day one when they contacted you from you going and, and, and giving them, you know, your quote and everything else and working with them at their events and everything else, they should feel like they're the most important person in your world from that time. Because when you make them feel that way, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what they want. I mean, they're, you know, that's what everybody wants. Yeah. When, when they hired you, they, they want to feel like they did a great job in hiring you. So, I even have people when they come up to me sometimes after the show and they'll tell me what a great show I did, whatever. I said, really? I said, thank you very much. But you know what would mean a lot to me? If you went up to her and she's, you know, whatever the the person's name might have been and let her know just what a great job she's done or what a great show and how much you enjoyed yourself and let her know that too. Cause she's like, she, she's the one who, you know, hired me kind of thing. And, 
then they go and they do that. Awesome. Of course, then she's like, man, you know, all these people came up to me and told me how great you were, but we want to have you back next year because, you know, I feel really good. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really it's smart. Authentic, though. It's got to be authentic. You can't just do it because you're trying to con somebody or, or you know. Yeah. You know, it's easy to tell the difference, though, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. But still, great advice. Like, yeah, And I think uh, everybody could, could learn from that quite, quite easily. Um, I have one last question for you. Okay. And it's one of my favorites. If you could spend the day with any magician, living or dead, who would it be? Man. I know. I knew you were going to ask this question, but I didn't know it was a magician, but okay. Whoa. Okay. How about entertainer? And well, it can be, inter yeah. Well, for example, entertainer, we can stick with the magician. I just thought if you asked me if there was one person in this world who I'd, you know, spend one day with whatever I was going to say. <laughs> um, one, one magician. You know what? I would have to say as far as a magician goes, um, Christopher T. Magician. Uh, Christopher Barnes and uh, uh, interesting is that I met him a, a long time ago on the Magic Cafe and he first came out with um, he had his little downloads that he was doing he was trying to get some money together and it was about um, adapting magic props and stuff to different and various magic routines and that was back then his timing was impeccable because at that point in, in my my profession I was trying to really think of ways to come up with new magic routines and new ideas but i was thinking so far outside the box i was trying to think of new methods and create you know something entirely different than the wheel and i seen his post and uh it was on the magic cafe and i got it and i downloaded his that was like ten dollars or something like that i was actually blown away i thought the guy was absolutely hilarious and i don't think anybody had heard of him at the time and uh, I just, I, you know, I posted a bunch of reviews. Like, this is the greatest thing I ever stuffed. Like, it got my juices going, my creativity, as far as taking stuff I already had, instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, it was taking props and just coming up with new ideas to create different routines for them that could be on topic for pretty much any, you know, thing. It could be uh, talking about uh, recycling or, um, and so anyways, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I said, you know what? That ten dollars wasn't enough, and I gave him another fifty dollars, and I hadn't even got to the second part of the downloads that he had. <laughs> so, and then I ended up giving him more money, and I, I can't remember exactly how much money I ended up giving him, but this stuff was just—it was worth gold to me. And um, so then he he ended up having a, uh, enough money, whatever, not just from me, but because everybody else was like, "What? Who is this guy?" Well, this guy's saying that he's like, you know, the next best thing since sliced bread. Well, all right, ten bucks, and it ain't gonna hurt and stuff. And then it just spread like wildfire. And uh, he got his book out, and that was his first book that he came out. And he sent me a copy of it, and he kind of inscribed this little message in there. If I had it with it now, I'd remember word by word but he was basically thanking me the kind of helping him get started kind of thing and that so but i mean um after that things kind of got busy for not because of me i'm not trying to take credit for getting his career going <laughs> <laughs> some people are like oh yeah he's trying to take credit for being a magician yeah but no i'm just saying that's how i met him but uh he's he was he's absolutely hilarious he's still absolutely hilarious and um he's doing really good for himself and um you know we haven't really spoke um like we did back a few years ago but um but i'd love to, to spend a day with that guy man i mean and just i mean it, i my cheeks would probably hurt so much <laughs> just from 
being with that guy. And, or maybe he'd be like, you know, you know, who knows? And he, he'd probably just like, well, I'm, you know, this is my day off, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. The public persona and the, and the actual persona can be two totally different people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be great because, you know, I like to kind of be silly and go out and be silly, but people I hang around with, if I did that with, they'd be like, okay, that's the last time we're taking you with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's uh, still awesome. Awesome answers. So, and, and great reasoning behind it too. And, and that's amazing. So um, Danny, thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. It was fabulous talking with you. Right on. Thank you, Cray. And I, I wish you nothing but the best with the podcast and, and all the business that you're doing in that. And again, thank you. thank you very much for allowing me to be part of this. Not a problem at all. Thank you so very much. And to everybody listening at home, uh, tune in next time for our next guest. Have a great time and keep up the magic until then.